0: Well, this is the most unusual Easter I've ever experienced, and I imagine it's the same for you. Who would have thought that there would come a day when the most loving thing to do, the most faithful thing to do as a follower of Christ, the right thing to do, would be to stay home on Easter Sunday? What would my grandmother think? And yet here we are. It is absolutely the most loving and faithful thing we can do today to celebrate Easter in our homes, to honor our leader's request that we social distance, and that we take care of one another by staying apart on this Easter Sunday. Now we've known for several weeks that we would most likely be celebrating Easter separately, at least in body. So I wonder what your expectations have been like. What did you think it would feel like on Easter morning to hear the good news of Christ's resurrection right there in your living room, in your apartment, by yourself, or with just a handful of family members? For my part, if I'm really honest, I expected to be here this morning and to feel... A lot of grief to be caught up in memories of how Easter used to be. If you're part of the congregation at West End United Methodist Church, you know how glorious Easter Sunday is. And I assumed that as we gathered this morning, just a handful of us up here, I would be seeing in my mind's eye the the throngs of people gathered all of the children running around in their Easter finery, the Ebenezers, the floral Ebenezers, making their way down the center aisle, the sounds of the bell banners, and that there would be underneath that memory a great sense of grief. And it's true, I do miss being with all of you, and it feels awfully strange to be in this sanctuary as it is this morning. And yet there's something about this particular experience that helps us be especially connected with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary as they sat at the tomb of Jesus on that very first Easter Sunday morning. The way Matthew tells the story of Easter morning, it was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary We're not quite sure who she was, but she was one of the women who followed Jesus through Galilee and followed him all the way to Jerusalem. These women were there at the cross, and they saw Jesus give up his last breath. They saw Joseph of Arimathea take Jesus' body and place it in the tomb and roll this heavy stone in front of the tomb. And when they made their way there, at first light on that sunday morning they came to grieve they came to remember they came to do what many of us do when we visit the grave of those we have loved and lost to grieve and remember that's all they had left of jesus or so they thought They came to sit there and remember what it had been like back in Galilee when he was at the height of his ministry and popularity. And I wonder if they told stories to each other. Do you remember that time that he took those five loaves of bread and those two fish and and by his power he fed thousands of people? Do you remember that time that the woman came into the synagogue and she was bent over for, had been for 18 years and Jesus called her to him and And she stood up straight. They had so many stories and so many memories to recount. And yet underneath all of those memories, there was profound grief. Because it was all over. Or so they thought. Jesus had died, and death had the final word. Or so they thought. But suddenly, Matthew says, as they sat at the tomb keeping watch, there was an earthquake. The earth moved beneath them, and down from heaven came an angel like lightning, dressed in bright, shining, dazzling robes, and the angel moved the stone away from the tomb. And as if it was nothing at all, sat on top of the stone, And he said, I know why you're here. You're here to grieve and to remember. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Yes, he was dead. But he is no longer. He is not here. Come and see. The tomb is empty. He has been raised from the dead. And as this news is beginning to dawn on the ears of these faithful women, as they are filled with both fear and joy, not quite sure what to believe, not quite sure what to do with this unbelievable news, the angel gives them some instructions. Go, he says, go and tell his disciples to go to Galilee. He's already gone there ahead of them. There they will see him. And so these women believe and they do exactly what the angel tells them to do. They begin to run to tell the disciples what they've seen and what they've heard and to, to take all of them to Galilee because they're so ready to see the risen Christ. But these two women don't have to wait. As soon as they begin their mission, suddenly, Matthew says again, Jesus appears before them. With their own eyes, they see that life is victorious over death, that the one whom they had believed was the Messiah, their Lord and Savior, has conquered death. And he stands before them And they fall at his feet and worship him. And then he gives them the same instructions that the angel had given them. Except there's one word that's different. He says, go and tell my brothers. Oh, that's a whole nother Easter sermon. I'm going to have to save that one for another year. But in that one word, Jesus offers mercy and forgiveness to all of those disciples who had deserted him, betrayed him, and denied him. He reclaims them as family. And he tells these two women to go and give them the news to go to Galilee. And he'll meet them there. Now why Galilee? In some of the other gospel accounts, Jesus shows himself to those disciples in Jerusalem. They don't have to wait until they get to Galilee. But in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, go to Galilee and there you will see me. Why Galilee? Well, that's a conversation we can dig into in Bible study and I don't have any right answers. But I can tell you what it makes me think about. Galilee is where it all started. Galilee is that place that those disciples call home. Galilee is the place that is most familiar above all places to those disciples. It's the place where they can speak their native tongue and their native dialect and be understood. It is the place where they have lived out their daily routines, their ordinary lives for years. And that, Jesus says, is where you will see me. So my friends, we've, we miss gathering in the sanctuary this morning. We miss experiencing the power of resurrection together together. And there's no doubt about it, there is something magnificent and holy when the people of God come together and say with one voice, Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And yet, here in the story of that very first Easter, we hear Jesus saying, Look for me right where you are, in your homes. In those places that are most familiar to you. As you worship right where you are this morning. And you're looking at those four walls you've been looking at for three weeks now. And you're by yourself or you're with those family members that you've been with now nonstop for three weeks. Hear this good news. The risen Christ is right where you are is even within you. Go back to Galilee, Jesus said, and there you will see me. You will see me in the living out of your everyday lives. You will see me in the people that you interact with each and every day. But... What Jesus is not saying, I believe, is go back to Galilee. Go back to the way things used to be. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, you go back to being fishermen. Matthew, you go back to being a tax collector. Let's just pretend like none of this ever happened. Oh, no. Those disciples, though they went back to Galilee, were changed forever. When they met the risen Christ, the earth moved beneath them and they knew their lives would never be the same. And the church tradition tells us that many of them spread out across the known world proclaiming the difference that God had made forever. They understood, you see, that death had been defeated forever, that God had changed everything everything through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That when the world had said to God on Good Friday, no, God answered back on Easter Sunday with an eternal divine yes. When the world responded to the love of God on Good Friday with hate and rejection, God came back on Easter Sunday morning with an eternal and divine, I love you anyway. When the world went dark on that Good Friday, God came on Easter Sunday with light, and the world would never be the same. And so it is for us, my friends. Though we are in the most familiar of places this morning, in our own homes. The risen Christ is with us. He has been raised from the dead and nothing will ever be the same. Death does not have the final word. This coronavirus will not defeat us. It can do nothing to shrink God's love for us or God's power over life and death. We have rediscovered on this Easter morning a God who holds all life and who holds us in all things. And so even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of a pandemic, we are resurrection people. We are people of hope. We are people whose lives are grounded in the love of God from which nothing will ever separate us, not even death. And so for today, my friends, embrace this hope, embrace this life. Let the resurrected Christ live in you and shape every word, every action that you take with those closest to you right there in your own home. And with those whom you see as we begin to move back into the community, knowing that life after Easter will never be the same. Thanks be to God.